Welcome to Creative On Purpose Live, conversations with inspiring guests about living your legacy and experiencing better living while making a bigger difference. I'm your host, Scott Perry, Chief Difference Maker at Creative On Purpose. If you're ready to fly higher and the difference only you can make, visit creativeonpurpose.com and sign up for our newsletter. Get insight and inspiration delivered to your inbox three times a week and a free copy of Trust Yourself, a simple three-step decision-making process to power past imposter syndrome and your inner perfectionist. I'm super excited about today's show. Let's meet today's guest. Drew Smith, welcome to the broadcast. Please tell our viewers who you are, what you're up to these days, and where can people go to learn more about you and the difference you're making? Scott, thank you for having me, man. I am a singer, songwriter, uh, mixing engineer, and producer, and the creator of the Before You Record course in Nashville, Tennessee. And you can find more about all of uh, those semi-interesting things at drewsmithlive.com. Thank you again for having me, man. I'm so excited about our chat. Yeah, I'm, I am too. So uh, I made a living as a musician for about 30 years before I pivoted and, and changed to doing some writing and some broadcasting and some coaching and consulting. And uh, I love what you were you were saying, if, uh, if that sounds interesting, because in my experience, um, to the uh, to the to the person that's not a musician and not a, a certainly a working musician, it sounds really glamorous. In my experience, um, not so much all the time. <laughs> it it, uh, it does sound really good, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and I love that you're also a teacher, um, and so I would love to unpack a little bit about uh, your course. But before we go there, just. Uh, give us a quick sketch of your origin story, the the arc. How, you know, how did Drew Smith get to where he is as an artist right now? So I have been writing songs for a living for about twelve years now. It'll it'll be twelve years, I guess, uh, next next month. Um, which is crazy to think that that it's been that long of a run. It's wild how fast it goes. But I have been successful as a songwriter for for many years now. And honestly, I got real comfortable with that, Scott. And I, I, you know, when someone respects you for, for one facet of, of your life, it's really easy to stick with that. Uh, and I found that that's, that's what I was doing. I was like, oh, well, you know, people know me as a, as a songwriter, they respect me as a writer. I don't know that they're going to love me as an artist though. So I, I should probably just keep that to myself. And so I did that for a long time. And just recently, uh, a few months ago, uh, just put out a new song that has done exceptionally well. Uh, it's been very well uh, uh, accepted, and the uh, all of the reviews and all that have just been so excellent. Uh, and I'm so happy that I am out of that fear-based box that I was in. Uh, but I just get tired of being afraid of it. And mm -hmm. so, um, so I've, I've always been an artist at heart. I've always performed for years. Uh, I've done that for a, a very long time, but it, it just kind of got to the point where I went, you know what, I, there's so much of this that I'm not doing and I'm just kind of hanging out locally here and <laughs> in little pubs and stuff like that, playing on the weekends and that sort of thing. And, and I'm just, I'm ready, I'm ready to be an artist, um, that I'm ready to be the artist that I, I was meant to be. I love it. Um, before we go any further, tell tell us what the name of the single is. It's called "The Truth," and uh, and and it's it's autobiographical. I've written thousands of songs uh, in my lifetime, man, and and 
so so much of of what I do, so much of my job is to write songs for other people, for for other artists that uh, have way more success as an artist than than what I have. Um, but this one, this one is really, really special to me. It's very autobiographical, and uh, it's the most honest song that I've ever written. And I'm more proud of this song than any of the songs that I've ever written that have gotten me gold records or any other kind of recognition. That's fantastic. Well, we, we will track it down on the interwebs if there's a link somewhere and post it in the comments so people can tune in and check it out. I love what you were, um, you know, one of the things that comes up over and over and over again on this broadcast and on these conversations, especially when people kind of share the arc of their journey and where they are now and and maybe even projecting where they are wanting to be um, in, in the near future, um, you, you know, this these identity stories come up and I totally hear you that it can get really comfortable to, to stick with a story that everybody already understands and that feels comfortable. Um, so being a songwriter, I'm a person that writes songs for other people. Um, sounds like a lot of fun. And it also sounds um, like, you know, you had this kind of uh, wee small voice nagging at you in the background saying, Hey, maybe you could be the one that's on the stage instead of the person feeding the songs to the person on the stage. And so I love that you, you reached a, you know, you sat with that tension long enough to, to lean into and through it and, and uh, push yourself forward. You mentioned, you know, being an artist. And one of the things that we talk a lot about um, at Creative on Purpose is what does it mean to be an artist? How is that maybe perhaps different than being a creative? I just floating that out there. Um, and you can refuse the bait if you, if you like, but I mean, do you see, does it feel any different to you to be the person that was creating the, the material that artists sang, uh, as opposed to creating something that you as an artist present to the world? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Because I've, I've written, tons and tons and tons of songs that I wouldn't necessarily get up and sing, not because uh, not because I don't like the song or because I'm not proud of the song, but just because it I, I felt like it it doesn't represent me as as a person and as an artist. and and that's the difference is I've really been going through my catalog and finding things that um, trying to pick out the things that I think represent me as a person and as an artist. So it is, it's two very different entities for sure. Yeah. Well, and the other thing that comes up for me is that's interesting about, uh, about that juxtaposition is, you know, one of the roles that I'm just, uh, one of the, the transitions I'm making is for the past several years, I've been the head coach in Seth Godin's creatives workshop, which talks a lot about the things that we're talking about right here. Um, and, one of the things that we talk a lot about there is not only what does it mean to be a creative and be in practice and developing craft, but how do you find your voice? And what's interesting about what you, you've been sharing is, you know, you you were a songwriter for other people, which sounds to me like you had to write in other people's voice. And now you are a songwriter for yourself and you're writing in your own voice and telling, you know, your stories. And so I'm just curious... I mean, that sounds, it sounds extremely challenging to write in other people's voices. So as a songwriter for others, I'm just curious if you could tease apart if there's any distinctions about how you approach that craft as opposed to the craft of um, writing a song for yourself. 
I, I'm very blessed in that getting up and writing every day and going to writing appointments with with co-writers and things like that. It, I'm I'm not I'm not in a position where I'm stuck to only writing for myself. Um, some people are. Although you look at a lot of indie artists, that that's what they get up and deal with every day is that they, they try to they're trying to write songs solely for them for me when i go to work and i have these co-writes even if i go in with the intention of writing something for someone else uh or or for myself if it's something that i'm that i'm just not feeling for me as an artist it's real easy to let that go because i just pivot and just say yeah but man that sounds like a blake shelton song or a george Strait song or whatever and we push it more in that direction so I'm I'm probably not the person to, to talk to about that because uh, I am blessed in, in that regard where I can easily pivot. And it works the opposite way as well. I, I I might start with an idea that I think that is really great for other artists. And then I go, I don't know, man. I think I want to keep this one. <laughs> I, 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 think, I think that I might get selfish about this one. So I'm really in a great position for that. Yeah, well, it sounds to me like, I mean, the, the thing that comes up in the workshop is um, just the importance of empathy. And so, you know, if, if you define empathy as just the, the capacity, the human capacity to see, hear, feel and understand what someone else is um, going through, what their situation is, what their, uh, you know, what their frame of reference point of view perspective is. Um, it seems, you know, I think as a, as someone that's written some songs, not very good ones, uh, myself, uh, you know, th there is that that uh, idea of, um, you know, putting myself in the protagonist shoes of whatever song it is, and and singing from that point of or writing from that point of view and that perspective, um, and I definitely feel you on. Um, you know, writing sometimes and thinking, oh, that like I wrote a song once that I thought um, John Cougar would, would would be perfect for John Cougar, and I was really thinking about pitching it to him because he used to actually come to a, a gig I did in Hilton Head, uh, South Carolina. And I was like, you know what, I really actually like this song too much for myself. I think you know he's fine. He'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny about that, Scott, is I had one that uh, it was a song that I. It, at least up until that point, I, I I brought this idea into a co-writer, and uh, I was really really excited about it. And and it just the thing got before the end of the day, the thing got just flipped on its head, and was just the complete opposite of what I had set out to write that day. And I was so disappointed. And uh, I thought, man, nobody's ever going to cut this. I like I hate this song. I don't, and I think that's okay. I think that's probably healthy too. I shouldn't love every song that I write, but I really hated this one. And uh, I thought nobody will cut this. Nobody will cut this. And my publishing company um, called me one day and said, "Hey, you know, this guy's publisher wants to demo the song and and pitch it to other artists." I was like, "Man, why? Why would we spend the money to do that? Nobody's going to record it. The song is awful. This is not what I set out to write." And uh, I said, well, you know, they're they're pretty adamant about it. And I said, I'll tell them to do whatever they want. And man, I was um, I was sitting at a at a, a bar restaurant here. Just, I mean, I'm talking about like maybe a couple of months later, and I got a call from this guy's publisher, and he said, Hey, man, 
Uh, just needed to get a little bit of information from you. Um, John Cougar just just got <laughs> this song. Are you kidding me? That's awesome. So you should have pitched it, Scott. You should have. Yeah, you should have slipped well, him a CD. I, uh, yeah, I mean, I might not be sitting here talking to you if that were the case. Who knows? <laughs> what was that? So, did that song get released? No, he shelved it. Okay. And I and I think I think that's kind of um, so. From my understanding, he's got a studio, I think, in New York. At least at the time he did. This has been a few years ago, and I think that that that's a pretty common thing for him is to if 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 he gets pitched something that he really loves, he'll just go record it and and he'll shelf it and if he decides to pull it out later he'll he'll pull it out and if not then he doesn't well you know i'm sure it'll be in the basement tapes box set when uh when 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 he's gone uh, hey that'd so, be great man yeah I'll, I'll keep keep my my ears peeled assuming that he's i'm gonna outlast him which i i would not say is guaranteed in any way i love <laughs> um there's this other thing that's you've been weaving in that I'd like to touch upon, and that's um, it sounds like you do a lot of collaboration. So, I mean, I think writing for someone else is a collaboration, but it sounds like you also write with other writers. And I would just love to hear a little bit of insight into, you know, how that um, how that unpacks and how that um, impacts your creative uh, process. Oh man, that's that's such a great question. I don't think anyone has ever asked me in that way before, and I I love that you ask how that impacts the process. I, th I think that's super important. Um, there's so many songwriters, so many great songwriters in this town, and and that's that's one thing I love about Nashville is it's just crawling with great songwriters and artists as well, of course. But you know, it's it's my job to basically my my publisher um, will set up. Uh, writing appointments with other publishers with their writers and they try to pair us you know in a way that they think will work mm. uh they find you know similar interests or similar styles and they say oh, i think these two guys will work well together or these three guys um or gals and they put us in a room together and just kind of see what happens and if it goes well then you continue to, to to book writing appointments with them but it totally is it's it does impact your process because we all have and you're a musician yourself, so you get it. We're all kind of crazy. <laughs> so um, uh, it, we're, we're very eccentric people, and we all have a very different process. And I love watching other people's processes uh, because it does sometimes shape my process. Uh, I, some guys come in tons of energy, and they're, they're ready to go, and they're excited about anything that you want to write about that day. And then other guys, you know, you'll sometimes it takes a couple of hours just to find something to land on something that you both want to write about that day. So it's, it's really interesting. It's different every day. Um, it, and for, you know, anyone that works at, in an office or a situation like that, that's hard to explain. I mean, imagine if, if you went to work every day, if you went to the office and your coworkers were different people every day, that's what it's like. Mm. Uh, but that man, that makes it so much fun. And it does make it exciting because you just, you really never know what's going to happen that day. Yeah. Well, the other piece for me that I know having um, written some songs in collaboration is uh, you, you learn real quick to check your ego at the door and make it about the, the, the song. Yeah. So one of the things that I would, um always kind of open up with is okay you know we're here to serve the song not not ourselves and uh you know it was just a way of setting the table like hey let's let go of the status games and the 
um, you know, the one upmanship uh, or upwomanship, depending on who, who the collaborator was. And uh, let's let's just let's have some fun. Let's write a song. Let's let's just do that. Man, that's such a great point, and and that's something that it is easy to get wrapped up in an ego. And it's like you said, if if you can just if you can have just a moment where you allow yourself to let that go and just let the song be the song and let it do what it wants to do, then you're you're likely going to have a really good day. Yeah. Well, and and this was coming up for me in something that you were talking about earlier when you were talking about the song that you, you thought was really terrible that John Cougar Mellencamp eventually picked up and um, recorded for, for future use. Um, and that is, you know, we have, as artists, we have to set an intention. We have to put a point out there on the horizon that we're aiming for. Um, and at least in my experience, especially, you know, with something like writing, you, you, you start writing, whether it's a song or a blog post or a, a book, and it often turns, it often ends up somewhere a little bit different than you expected. Some, if you if you put the blinders on and just grind your way towards the the preconceived notion that you had, um, number one, in my experience, it's really exhausting. Number two, it's not that good. But if you can kind of hold the intention loosely enough to let the song go where it wants to go or the book or the blog post or, you know, whatever it is that you're writing, um, that's then it, you suffer less. It's less exhausting. And sometimes for me, at least that element of surprise, like, holy cow, who would have thought that I could have ended up there? Um, is just part of it. So I'm just wondering what's your process when you're, you know, you're sitting down, we're going to write a song. It's going to be about, and then it turns into something else. What's what, what's your process for holding it loosely? And and at the same time, maybe sometimes it needs to go in the direction it's supposed to go because someone wants that song. I mean, I think you very much nailed it. It, it is, it is a balancing act. It is holding it loosely. Um, there are writers in town, man, that when, when they show up, to a writing appointment, whatever idea that they had, they're very, they're very much set on that. In the example that I gave with the John Cougar song, um, I was really fixated on that idea because it was uh, it, it it was more of a personal kind of story to me, and I felt like the idea could really just only it it was it, it was one of those smaller ideas that it just it needed to be a, a very certain way. And, um, and I, I was also very in love with the title and, and I felt like we just didn't do the title any justice. And that's what I was upset about, but that did teach me a good lesson because it, I realized that I don't really know what I'm doing. Um, <laughs> but I'm, but what I do know is that I am showing up every day, uh, to, to do a very specific job. And that job is to write the best song that I can, but it is, man, it's such a balancing act. And I've also, when you start co-writing, I think that most anyone that that is doing this full-time or even semi-full-time, we all start out writing songs by ourselves. That's how it starts, is, is usually, you know, angry teenagers writing stuff down in notebooks in, in your bedroom. And, 
And so, and that's exactly how it started with me. And so you get used to writing this stuff by yourself for so long, and then you end up in a situation or in a town like Nashville where uh, collaborating is very much uh, a normal thing. That's just kind of how it works here. You do a lot of collaboration uh, in a lot of different things. And that's terrifying at first because it's kind of like going through each other's underwear drawers is, is what I've always said, you know, because you're sitting down in a room with a lot of times a complete stranger, somebody that you've never met in your life. And and you're getting really intimate, you know, and very vulnerable sometimes to get these songs out. And so um, that's a that's an odd thing. But what you learn from that eventually, hopefully you learn, is that you have to trust your co-writer. Mm-hmm. They're there for a reason. And so even if you're really hell-bent on an idea, on a, on a specific idea, you still have to have a degree of openness uh, to, to what your co-writer is saying because they are there for a reason. Uh, they, they've earned their right to be there and you're collaborating with them for a reason. So there's a good chance that there's something that they're seeing in it that you're not because you are so just stoved in on this particular idea or this particular path that you think this this idea needs to go down. Mm. Yeah. Well, I love that you wove in that theme of vulnerability because some, you know, we live in a culture that doesn't seem to reward that very often. Um, we prefer to reward people that are super certain and um, overconfident about themselves and their opinions, and especially in areas where there's absolutely no certainty to be had and where confidence is actually quite foolish. And it it takes a lot of, um, you know, it takes a a really healthy amount of um, courage and uh, to embrace, um, you know, to, to, to allow yourself to be vulnerable to be um to to accept that you don't know everything that there's more uncertainty than there is certainty uh and i love that you wove in the theme of trust because one of the themes that we talk about here at creative on purpose quite a bit is um you know we want to trust you know creatives trust the process and creatives trust their collaborators but it all if you can't trust yourself then how can you fully trust the process or the other person right so it's Uh, yeah trust from the inside out. Love that. I wanted to, we're, we're coming close to the end of our time here. And I, I did stick a pin in this theme of teaching that you mentioned. And I, um, as someone that's, you know, been a guitar teacher and, and actually began my career as a school teacher. Um, I just love that, that you're bringing that element into what you do as well. So tell us just a little bit about the, the course that you're teaching around what, what you need to know, um, to be a songwriter in Nashville. Well, I, I want to make it real clear that I am in no shape, form, or fashion a teacher. Uh, I am I am only uh, someone that can that can say, "Here's all the really dumb things that I've done, so don't do these." Uh, that, I'm just going to the po- push the bo- pause button there, Drew, and say, "Those are the people that make the best teachers." But if you want to call, if you, if you don't want to buy into that identity, I'm fine with that. We'll call you whatever you want to be called. I'm calling you a teacher. Go. All right. Uh, you call it teacher. I call it a screw up. It's, you know, <laughs> <laughs> man. Um, so I started producing other artists years ago, uh, just really kind of by accident, Scott. And um, 
I'd been working with some great producers, so I'd had some really great experiences in the studio and was really learning a lot of things. And I had started recording things just for myself, just little work tapes of song, new songs that I'd written. So I'd, I'd get out of a writing appointment one day and instead of just having a, a, a bad phone recording of what we had written, I'd go down into my little spot in the basement at this publishing house and and I'd fire up my recording rig and, and I'd put down a very clean, you know, guitar vocal uh, demo just for just for memory to turn into my publisher and then i i started having you know friends and and co-writers come over and they'd say you know man i I, i've been needing to record a couple of things would you think i could you think i could do that here yeah yeah yeah. and then i I started having buddies i was like you know man i've been wanting to make a record you think we could do that here and i'd go i mean i we got one microphone and two sets of headphones. yeah we can do that you know and so I started recording these projects on 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 friends and collaborators, and and it just kind of, as far as being a producer and engineer, it just kind of grew from there, and it, it kind of exploded and got out of hand really quickly. And then the barrage of of crazy recording gear and all that happened. But with working with a lot of these people, I I was working with with new artists. Uh, that had never recorded a project before. And so I was basically just giving them all of the experience that I had had up to that point and 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 guiding them through the process that way. And so eventually what I figured out was I it's really the same process every time. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really matter who you're working with. It, it is very much all the preparation has to be the same. Uh, and then the recording process itself is is the same, at least technically. And I I knew the mistakes that I had made over the years. I'd seen a lot of mistakes that other people had made that cost a lot of time, that cost a lot of energy and a lot of effort, and in a lot of cases, lots of money. And so I decided to put together this course called the Before You Record course. That it's great for songwriters that are wanting to record demos. It's great for uh, independent artists or bands that are that are wanting to go into the studio. And it's just literally everything that you need to know before you even book a studio, before you set the dates. Um, everything from lyric sheets to you know how. I mean, there's there's so much information in there. How the union works and how to navigate that. All of that is in there, and it gives you every single tool that you need uh, to have in your tool belt to be prepared to go into the studio, so that you don't get in there and make some mistakes because you've, you're you're unprepared or mm. you don't you lack that experience, and it's going to save somebody a ton of money. <laughs> so, yeah. well, I love that, and I mean, so often, um, you, you know, my experience and just be, becoming a guitar teacher was I'm gonna I'm gonna teach you how to uh, I'm gonna teach you everything you actually need to know and I'm not gonna teach you any of the crap that you don't need to know that I <laughs> had to go through had to wade through yeah. um, you know so a lot of times what we're teaching is actually teaching people how to do something more efficiently effectively and with maybe greater joy and success than what we did because we spent all that time in the wilderness you know navigating. Uh, by ourselves so i love that and so the course is available at drewsmithlive.com you can link to it uh from there yes sir or it's uh uh before you record.com fantastic and got all the info there man and and uh it'll it'll 
it's sure to keep you from going into the studio and falling flat on your face. I, I do guarantee that. Awesome. Well, we're coming to the end of our time. I always have one final question to ask uh, my guests, and that is, you know, you've already shared a lot of wisdom around um, the creative process and helping uh, helping us understand how you go about making the difference that you make in the world. If there was just one final, uh, you know, if it's a quote, if it's a piece of advice, if it's a tip uh, uh, or just a, a quick story that would help someone fly a little bit higher and the difference only they could make, what would you share with them? I think it would just to, to be be bold. Just wake up and be bold, and don't be don't be afraid of um, don't be afraid of losing little things that don't matter. Don't be afraid of letting go of little things that, in the grand scheme of it, don't matter. Um, get up and be bold as much as possible. Some days are harder than others, but just be bold. I love it. That's great advice. What a fantastic way to close. Well, we want to thank everyone for tuning in. Drew and I really appreciate you lending us some of your valuable time and attention. We hope today's broadcast motivates you to take a bolder step into possibility, living your legacy. You can learn more about Drew and the difference he's making at drewsmithlive.com. And of course, it's always great to see you at creativeonpurpose.com. Now, take the insight and inspiration from this conversation and go fly a little bit higher in the difference only you can make. Drew Smith, thank you so much for sharing some of your wisdom and experience and learning with us. Scott, thank you, man. I've, I've really enjoyed it. Thank you for, for having me here.